0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I
1: never win and tell.
0: Well there, you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where by law. 18 plus. Terms and
1: conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Hart and Hand the Rangers podcast. The podcast that feels like it's seen the worst ever sequel to a very bad movie. This week on Heart and Hand, yet more humiliation as our side once again failed to match the crest. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and I'm joined this week by Ian Hogg. Hello, Ian. Good evening, David. That guy who doesn't like you can just go then already, so we've saved him a bit of time.
0: I can, he can. Well, for 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 once and not for the last time in this pod, I agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, the guy who hates you, because all you do is agree with me. I, I'm not entirely sure there'll be that much that we can disagree on tonight, in all honesty. Because I haven't... No, met... I'm, not,
0: I'm I'm not so sure. See what
1: I did there? Uh, I like it. I haven't met any Rangers fan or chatted to any Rangers fan who has a markedly different opinion from what we witnessed yesterday. But we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that. So, of course, uh, unlike... Uh, the Rangers management team we we front up after a bad defeat uh, and still turn up and, and uh, fulfil our commitments Rangers went to Parkhead I don't think there was a lot of hope in the support uh, other than maybe just the, the kind of blind optimism that maybe the players would feel that they let us down really badly a few weeks ago that maybe professional pride would kick in, that maybe they would think, no, I've got to absolutely run my legs off and bust the gut to to try and make sure that people can see that that was a one-off and an aberration. None of that happened. Um, within five minutes, Celtic had had five chances and it was pretty clear one team was really up for it and the other were absolutely shit-scared of them.
0: Um scared's a really good, it's, it's a good description. I think I, I've seen a lot across social media and all the rest of it about the players didn't try. It probably comes across like that, but I do think it was more just frightened rabbits in the headlights. Um, and just effectively just accepting their fate. A few players showed up, a few players busted gut.
1: Most of them just went through the motions Who? Uh, Who? To to, to the point No but uh, which players burst the gut? Sorry mate I didn't see one
0: Alright I think uh, Jason Holt probably was the guy that burst the gut Uh, Jack Anik saved it from being an absolute horror show But to the point the Celtic players took pity on us in the second half That's the most damning indictment of yesterday
1: No you're correct it's the only thing that kept it uh, under a record score um, so, you know, let's go through the game. Jesus, this is painful. This is a little bit like, you know, going through bit by bit your attack after uh, someone's mugged you. But uh, mugging is a bit of an unfair term because it was just a complete non utter case of GBH. As I say, Rangers started very nervously. Celtic took advantage of it. One thing to point out is Celtic were bang up for it. There wasn't any nerve. Nor should there have been any nerves. You know, it's a side that they, they beat. Comfortably at walking pace a couple of weeks ago. Why should they have been in any way worried? But, as I say, loads of chances early on, 15 minutes in, thinking that hopefully we're riding out and, you know, they're blowing out the early storm. When we give away a goal, um, Daniel Condéas does very, very poorly on the wing, allows Kieran Thiemann to past him. He puts in a good ball and uh, Edward can't really miss. One nil. Um and then again Rangers sort of rally for about twenty minutes before a a really dreadful twelve minute period either side of half time. Um Firstly, Edward from a Rangers attack is allowed to run through the enormous space in the middle of the field that we tend to leave during transitions. And he he steams forward and scores. I felt that the uh, you know, it was an embarrassing goal to lose, but it made the one that followed, or the one that followed rather, made it look like Diego Maradona in 86. Rangers had seven, seven weak points in the move where they could have cleared the ball and failed to. And eventually, James Forrest ran through quite unmolested to put a shot in, which, although Anik did do well in the second half, I felt he should have saved. 3 0 at half time, completely done. Fearing the worst, hoping they might come out And show some pride, I really don't know why I was hoping that, I, I don't know What had given me the impression that that was something That was liable to happen But hope it I did, but I was That was soon snuffed out and Celtic scored almost Immediately, again another disastrous goal with Rangers Players allowing men To run past them, standing stock Still, not paying any attention And it makes a good save, but None of the rest of the team bother kind of Going chasing the ball and uh, Rogic knocks it into the or Rogic knocks it into the empty net, and a few minutes later it's five. Callum McGregor scores. Um, at that point, Hoggy I was genuinely Celtic looked scoring on every occasion. a uh, Jack Alex made a couple of really good saves, and at that stage, I'm genuinely thinking this could be an all-time doing, and I really did think we would be lucky to get away with under seven or eight
0: yeah you know it's uh there was over half an hour to go it was um it was shades of 5-1 under soonest when there's half an hour to go and actually we'll just show that's what celtic did yesterday um we're on the receiving end and let's be brutally honest david we deserve to be on the receiving end of that you know the the the, the players pretty much to a man Although I said, you know, Anik and it, and it kept us in it. Anik kept us in it. Who the fuck am I kidding? Anik and had a few good saves, uh, but sold the one from Forrest. Jason Holt, I thought, ran his lungs out, but wasn't he good enough? And, and everyone else not bothering their arse around him didn't help. But when, when, you, when you've got a team who are shit scared of the opposition, and I'm not underplaying it, they shat their pants yesterday even before the first whistle, and then we add in a basic loss of just—I'll call it discipline—and when the when the players can't—we're talking about professional football players here. We're talking about seasoned professionals who are the you know 0.2 percent of players who have actually made it. When they can't pass five yards, when they don't bother tracking runs, um, when they run ahead of the ball expecting a pass and then end up leaving two on ones when they either dive in when it's the wrong thing to do or fail to close down when it's the wrong thing to do just basics all over the park from the first whistle and we just kept on losing the ball we basically just gift wrapped it for Celtic every single time and there's over half an hour to go that should have been an absolute fucking cricket score yesterday
1: It really could have been, and that's the worst part. At at that stage, I was... You know, usually when you get cuffed, then all the tension goes out of the game. But I was really tense, because I thought at any point, they could unleash a three or four goal salvo and put it into the record books. And I'm just glad they decided to save themselves for their holiday, to be honest. And that's really the only thing that Spared Rangers are, are doing. Now, I thought that James Tavernier was awful. I mean... Really, really dreadful, and compare and contrast with a guy who played so well, the last time we were at Parkhead, it, it was it was chalk and cheese, he wasn't alone, Russell Martin was Russell Martin, Ross McCrory didn't have a good game, uh, I still maintain he isn't fit, and he's certainly not getting any help, Andy Halliday had another horror show, to be fair he isn't a left back, and he made that clear. Uh, Andy Halliday isn't a Rangers player And I like Andy Halliday, he's a good bloke, Rangers man He's not a Rangers player, he just doesn't have the ability to do it Into the midfield, Graham Dorans Who we had a bit of discussion on the pod a couple of weeks ago And a lot of people sprang to his defence And I kind of sprang to his defence Because I think he's you know, a talented player at times But that was appalling yesterday um, he, he, he just didn't bring anything to the table And for a guy who's 30 years old, a Rangers fan and with the experience he's had, I couldn't believe the timidity in his play yesterday. Uh, his passing was dismal. He, d- he didn't work hard enough. Whether he can physically, I don't know, but he didn't. And uh, the two wingers had the worst games in a long time. Kandias didn't even offer his usual, at least he's got the work rate. He was constantly... Um, taken apart by Tierney, a guy who incidentally he made look stupid in a game a few weeks ago but for some reason couldn't get near yesterday um, Holt, as you say, ran about a lot, at least, uh, I will you know, exempt him because he at least tried and looked like he cared um, but didn't get anywhere, Windass, fuck knows, it's impossible to to judge uh, and up front Jason Cummings got booked early on which meant he had to kind spike his aggression and didn't have much that he could have done in all fairness to him but not a good game uh, Am I being unfair on any of them? Uh, no, I think you've
0: probably been overly kind on some of them to be honest David um, You know, you just... Let's face it, 1-11, they were pretty dis I, I mean, a, a few a, a few guys to call out. Russell Martin now, ha- I think, as of yesterday, changed the record from, I think I've done all right, you know, and I'd you know, like to stay and all this kind of stuff. Now the record is, um, I, I, I in, in a few weeks, I'll, I'll likely be back down the road. That's good, Russell. Thanks for your services. Don't fucking ever come back. Um, that guy honestly is I think fraud Is probably not putting it Not, not being too harsh It's probably not his fault He's a hes a converted right back
1: Nah he should have been better than this You're right um, He's a Scotland international And he is, exactly. a, converted, he is a converted right back He lost his pace But fuck me um, The guy looked like a, a lower division junior player His whole spell with I, uh, It's
0: all very well losing your pace Christ I lost my pace When I was about 19 but you 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 react, and especially when you've got the defensive nouse of a right back, you know, mm. know how to play centre half, or, or at least you know how to play the deeper of the two of a centre half, which is what he was doing yesterday because McCrory was going and trying to try and attack everything. Um, Graham Dons in the centre of the park. I'm I'm sorry, Graham, but see if that's all you've got to offer. Then I'm afraid you need to move on. Being a Rangers fan is not good enough. I'm a Rangers fan. I'm not good enough to play. I would I would have shown more fucking heart and commitment yesterday than the vast majority of them. We all would have. You know, that's not in question. It was of the guys that played yesterday. But if Graeme Dorns thinks that is good enough, if Graeme Dorns thinks the semi-final is good enough, and I get he's just back from injury, but if he thinks that's good enough, he can't be here. Um, and I know that he desperately wants to be here and he desperately wants to be a success I'm sorry, Graham. you're going to have to fucking step up and show it. Um, Tavernier was poor. I think Tavernier really really proved yesterday and in the semi-final. Uh, I know you're wearing the armband, son, but you're not a captain. Yep. You're I, not a leader. I, I, you're I, not a leader for men.
1: I suggested down in the season that he might be. I was wrong. I will... It, it was, you know, as you say, utterly apparent. And I will hold my hands up to that. I was wrong. James Tavernier is never a captain of Rangers Football Club in a million years because it's all right doing it in certain matches. Those are the games we need a captain. And he's had two and badly let us down. And you you want a guy that inspires. Well, I mean, he was in his shell yesterday, never mind inspiring others. I uh,
0: You know, you get on to Andy Halliday was tossed in and probably one of the worst things Andy Halliday could have done was try to cement James Forrest early doors and then celebrate his tackle and then be torn a new arsehole for the rest of the 89 minutes. Um, Two wingers were exceptionally poor. Uh, Maybe Scott was right about Jamie Murphy. We can't crack that joke this week. Which is the thing that hurts the most. We
1: can't take the pass of Scott.
0: Thanks, Jamie. Um, Then you've got Kandias. Dreadful, absolutely dreadful match yesterday. Um, As I said earlier, he, he would always be too far ahead... Or not making the run, it would end up two on ones all the time. Uh, as Celtic basically just passed triangles around us, that's all that happened. Um, Josh Windas was invisible again. Josh, I know you've got mountains of confidence, you're never going to make it at Rangers. I'm sorry, you are never, ever going to make it at Rangers. Well, that's Uh, That's
1: a point of contention then because he gives every impression of a guy who not only thinks he has already made it at Rangers but is in fact one of our key players.
0: Yeah, and and maybe he thinks that but he's sorely fucking mistaken. Uh, And Jason Cummings, as you say, dived into what I thought was it was one of those tackles that a forward makes to try and rouse the players' early doors. Um, he misjudged it, he mistimed it. It was actually quite a quite a nasty looking tackle. Um, he was rightly booked and it kind of nullified him. Morellos came on in the second half and almost immediately was taking the bait. Um, he just looked like an angry young man when he came on. As I say, to the point that, you know, he, he's, he's squaring up to players needlessly when it's umpteen nil and he's taking the bait, and Scott Brown's
1: asking Craig Thompson not to book him. Yeah, they felt that sorry for us, that they were asking us not to not to book him. And that kind of summed it up, that they were like, don't book him, it's a wee sin for him. And, uh, same as a couple of weeks ago when they were laughing, because they, they could have had the, the carpet slippers on to the end, it, it was that simple for them. And I think that was the worst part, is that you had guys that were utterly paralysed by fear. Again, the not trying thing. As I say, not trying isn't just about running because that is going through the motions. We expect you to run, you're a sportsman for fuck's sake. But you can be not trying because you're not in the right frame of mind. You're not putting yourself in the right frame of mind. And that's what that Ranger squad was yesterday. They lacked leadership. They lacked a coach. They lacked uh Drive. They like they lacked desire. They like they lacked everything. I mean, it was just a you know a cornucopia of lack yesterday, and unfortunately, Celtic took advantage as as we knew they would, and it was just dismal. There was no hiding place for a team that that I'm convinced would quite happily have taken a default three nil and just sent their apologies rather than have to go through it. And we come to the manager. Before the match, he gives uh, one of the most jaw-dropping interviews I have ever seen from a Rangers manager, certainly. But you know, it's it's odd for any manager. Um, He was asked about, you know, what is he going to do differently this time to change it round, and he said, "There's nothing I can do. I'm just the guy who stands at the side of the park. It's up to the players." And I thought, fuck me. Can you imagine Walter Smith coming away with that? And he, he wore... As I say, we, we sometimes will admit that, you know, you read into body language or tone or whatever and we can over-analyse it, but I'm quite comfortable saying he looked huffy. He looked uh, full of self-pity. He looked as though the world was against him and he gave off that vibe. It was quite clear that his self-pity has infected that whole team, who were all out there feeling very sorry for themselves to be having to go through this. And I'm just the guy standing at the side of the pitch. Well, fucking hell. In that case, can you just hire someone at the stand? They'll probably do it for free and it'll give them a better view. But an utterly baffling thing to say from a guy who with each passing week shows that he does not have the maturity to manage any football club in my opinion because any manager who takes everything so personally as he does, he takes criticism from the fans personally. He takes his players not playing well personally. He doesn't ever look at his part in something. It's always about how people have let him down, how this hasn't gone to plan, how that hasn't worked, and it's not his fault, it's a shame. And the emotional juvenile state of mind that he seems to carry with him, I think, was exemplified by the performance that we witnessed.
0: And I'd add to that. I'd add to that, David. That um, after the semi-final, we've now got two senior players suspended, and we can all argue the rights or wrongs of that. But why were they? Why were they going off on one after the semi-final? They were going often one around the professionalism around the tactics around the performance um and we know that Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace, and it's a discussion for another day again but we know that they're we know that they're professionals and they're winners um one can only imagine what Kenny Miller's thinking when he's looking at Graham Murty in the dressing room trying to lead the side but I think ultimately this is um so there's probably, there's three things I want to touch on and I think the post-match will come to around the lack of interview. But the first thing I'll say is um, this all stems from the 3-2 game at Ibrox. Ever since then, bar a, what I'll what I'll call a fortunate 4-0 win against Dundee. And that sounds, that sounds bonkers, but I think we were fortunate that day. You know, the goals all came late. Yeah, it,
1: well, wasn't, it wasn't a 4-0. I mean, yeah, uh, most, of the,
0: yeah. most of the goals came late. Since that three two game at Ibrooks where for an hour we competed, we did things right, we, you know, had a couple of mistakes, but we capitalised on their mistakes and we were up and at it right in their face. Brendan Rodgers, frankly, changed it after an hour and figured Murti out. It's as simple as that. And, and ever since that game, Marty's been like a fucking child. Um it's not his fault, it's everyone else's fault. It's the players. It's an excuse. It's another excuse. It's it's a a one trick pony. It's it's one formation fits all. We've got a fragile manager. We've got a dressing room that's lost. We've got no ability to change th- that those uh, those formations nor tactics. And really, telling there, there seems to be zero ability to motivate players, st- stimulate players. Now Let's face it. Players are precious wee lambs. It's not the 80s anymore. Players are precious wee lambs. They need managed. They need nurtured. There's none of that. Um, I think probably the biggest thing there's there's no respect from the players for Graham Murty. and that whole self pityness is just you know gone down the way through all the players onto the park. And I guess yesterday, yesterday's almost like a kind of self fulfilling prophecy. This is yesterday is Murti's Rangers. How fucking low are we going to sink?
1: I genuinely think that Graham Murti believes that the players have fucked us up for him, as opposed to he's done anything wrong. And I think you're right. I think that the huff has kicked in as soon as he realised he wasn't getting the job, and has now lasted to to this stage. There are rumours, of course, that he tried to resign after the the Scottish Cup semi final, in which case Rangers should just let him, by the way, because you know, otherwise we're just keeping a hostage at this point. And he I I genuinely haven't seen an adult acting like this out with of a relationship, uh, when someone, you know, goes in a big cream puff. It's it's just something that you don't tend to see from a grown up, and certainly not in a workplace. But that interview was, as I say, utterly baffling. And somebody, you know, in his camp, be it an agent or a family member, needs to take him aside and say, look, okay, you're not getting this job, but if you want another one, you are going to have to knock this shite on the head because it's actually embarrassing um, because it's gone past the stage of a few weeks ago. If you listen to the pod regularly, you'll know I felt sorry for him. I was worried about his mental his mental health. I'm at the stage now where I'm like, fucking grow up, you know, because... I mean, I wouldn't accept that from any of you. If you, if, if we had a podder that went in the huff because he wasn't on the flagship one week, he'd be fucking gone. Um, it's just not something that anyone over the age of 16 should do. Um, I'll tell you one thing, David,
0: just just on that. if that, we, we've, we've got a group of, what, 68 podders now. if well, than that, um, I think, I think if, bit, if, 12. if If we had one that took the huff, we would have we've almost got the dressing room leaders, but everyone's got a voice. Everyone else would be saying, fucking pull yourself together. In fact, you see that in the WhatsApp group, you know, some sometimes folk will over, overstep the mark and two or three others will go, right, fuck it, that's enough, fucking jack that shit. Mm. Because we're a team. And, you know, I, I'm not trying for a second to compare us to a professional football team. But, Teams are teams. Yeah, teams, to work are, teams over, are teams in any know.
1: place. Ah, exactly.
0: And, and 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 we all want the best for each other because if we get the best out of each other, we come collectively better. Why is it that's so fucking hard to understand for this current Rangers squad and for Graham Mertie?
1: Because it's not a team; it's a collection of individuals who, some of whom have got different priorities to the other. A few of them have just recently signed deals, so they know they're all right um some of them think that there's interest in them from elsewhere so they know that they'll get a move and others of them are i think just too weak-willed and just want to you know put their head down and hope that it passes and when you're when you're going on with a dead man walking manager you enter a period of suspended animation and we've seen this with the with the performances recently where the players are basically just thinking ach well the next guy's coming in so it doesn't really matter just now and yeah it's human nature I suppose you would hope that professional athletes as you say the the elite that get through to become professionals that they would be able to override that but clearly our lot can't and this is why I wanted to keep the two issues separate the manager and the players because there there is blame to go around both there's a complete lack of professional standards from the players, there's a complete lack of adulthood from the manager, and it's not, you have to pick a side, you are allowed, in fact I think you're quite right, if you go, they're a bunch of fucking charlatans, and he's at it, because we are sitting watching this week on week, and it got so bad yesterday that, as you say, Celtic players were pitying us, and that is is a terrible look for a footballer i would be so embarrassed were that the case now after the match rangers didn't provide anyone for post-match interviews the the club official channel didn't present anyone either it wasn't just to the the external media that rangers didn't get grant any interviews to only a rumor only a rumor but i've been informed by guys that i trust who work in the media that what they were told by Rangers was basically, look, off the record, we can't put Marty out there, he's in no fit state to come and, and do interviews at the moment. Um, the phrase duty of care, which we had mentioned, was mentioned. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, JT picked it up here. But there was uh, a feeling, of certainly it was communicated. Now, it could be an excuse, uh, but there was a feeling among the media that it was genuinely... This guy's on the edge, and if we put him out here, then there's no telling what could happen. Uh, that is one hell of a situation.
0: Can you imagine? I, I, I heard the Daily Update yesterday, David, and more power to you and Alex for fronting up straight after the match to actually do that. I was too busy out walking, as I reminded you. About
1: 800 times last night uh, <laughs> Wheels way with Hoggy What was it uh, Every time you reminded us it, it, it was each time He said I've been out for a walk to calm down He said it three or four times Thus proving he hadn't calmed down And uh, brilliantly Scott went It's like Groundhoggy Day in here
0: <laughs> Yes and um, But I did listen to the bit about Murty the hostage And I can only imagine That an aftermatch any after-match interview, be it the, the written press, Christ, can you imagine the tabloids, be it Sky, be it even Rangers TV, it would be a bit like the, the and, and I'll, I'll use ex- extreme examples, of course, but it'd be like the kind of um, ISIS captive just reading exactly what he's been told to read. You know, there's there's, there's there really, really is now a little bit of um, please Rangers board let
1: our version of Terry fucking wake go home mm. uh, Yeah he, he, he apparently couldn't go out That doesn't explain why players couldn't be sent out of course So there may well have been a, a slight camouflage over Just nobody wanted to do it But you've got to front up And look the argument that some people have put to me is It would just have made the fans angrier I don't think the fans could be angrier. What it would have been was somewhere for the fans to vent. But that's part of these performances. If you play that badly, if you continually let the, the fans down, then you have to take you have to take it. And if that means going out and doing a press conference that everyone says, look at that wanker, I can't believe he said this, that's part of it. Because the, the opposite is true. If you don't do it, they say, can't believe they bottled that. Look at those wankers bottling it. You can't win because you haven't won. And therefore you just have to front it up, you just have to do it, it's part of your responsibility as a professional footballer at a big club. But to me it just is endemic of the the attitude that goes through that club. If there is something hard, or something that they don't want to do, they don't do it. And whether it's post-match interviews after a defeat, whether it's running about during a match and uh, trying to track players, they don't do it. Whether it's showing leadership, they don't do it. Whether it's performing well at home they don't do it anything they find difficult they just go ah fuck it and that that's why I keep coming back to that entire squad is, is run by a stroppy teenager and acts like stroppy teenagers and anything difficult they decide nope I'm not going to bother my ass because that's hard well you know what it is hard right it's hard being a Rangers player it's hard being a Rangers player right now we get that we're not going to fucking change so if you're not capable of changing then don't take a wage from us. Don't be here. You're not fucking wanted. And unfortunately for them, they have exposed themselves repeatedly as not having a winner's mentality. God, not even having a contender's mentality. And like I say, instead of thinking, well, what can I do to get better? What can I do to change this? What can we do to change this? They go well, it's their fault, it's the manager's fault, it's the fans' fault for being too demanding. Someone pointed out, I'm sorry to bring something up from earlier in the season, but I did think it was valid. Someone pointed out to me on social media that Josh Windass is a guy who thinks it's all right to shoot Rangers fans after a goal against Partick Thistle, but then doesn't turn up against Celtic. And that, I just it struck a chord with me because I thought, you know, that is true. That is the attitude, the stroppy teenager thing. It's wanting praise for doing their job and not wanting criticism when they fail to do their job. And that thin skinnedness, if that's a term, it comes out any time there's a modicum, a, a just a, a slight touch of pressure, and they collapse into the fetal position, crying that the world's out to get them. Um, just
0: just on that Josh Wenders example, uh, my... my... I don't know this at all. It's always a kind of theory I've had, uh, David, and it's a whole um, cosseted world of Josh Windass with his father being a famous professional footballer. It's almost always always made me wonder if he just expects to be a the best on the pitch, b the you know the person with the ruffled hair, uh, you know, just just the guy who expects the praise all the time. Don't know. Um, second thing I wanted to raise there, just on players and interviews and just downright caring about the situation, um, I phoned my old man, as I tend to do after defeat. Um, Your poor and, dad.
1: Although at least he's getting to hear from you a bit more these days. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, went fucking
0: years without talking. Um, so rang him and I, I said to him, what? What do you make about the what do you make about the players and the manager not fronting up? And he said, "Do you remember back in the eighties when Celtic beat Rangers at Parkhead and Billy McNeil was given an interview and Terry Butcher stormed by and almost took the door off the hinges?" Yes, he said, there, "There's there's there's no one like that. No one in that team gives a damn that we actually lost." And I I can't argue with that.
1: Oh, well, I think you see, you know, something that pissed off Rangers fans, and I'm sure there'll be those going, "Oh, it doesn't really matter," but it did. It, it does was Michael O'Halloran standing in the tunnel, shaking the hands of every Celtic player, and you know, congratulating Brendan Rodgers and going out of his way to do that. You're right. Can you imagine Sunnis doing that? Can you imagine Walter doing that. The stuff you have to do. Um, I
0: did. Uh, I, 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 just on that. I did, did. Did you see yesterday how pissed off Sunnis was when he was talking about uh, Arsenal? To, to to the point that Thierry Henry just shut the fuck up and let, let him talk. Mm. Um, I would love Soonis and Smith in the dressing room just for 10 minutes with us lot, just to see if anyone has actually got it. Because I'm sure there will be. Some of them will be able to stand up. Just at the minute, we're such in that self pitying, um, uh, v- vicious circle, self, self uh, fulfilling prophecy. That it needs different voices in that dressing room. I would absolutely love that fire and passion to see who remains standing. I think.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think many of them. God, can you imagine Walter going, going in there? Uh, it, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be pretty. Uh, it would be fun for us to watch after what we've witnessed. But stick on just TV, absolutely. Yeah, you know, pay per view. they make enough to to sign Ronaldo in the summer, but. It was a disgraceful performance, it really was. Um, after a disgraceful performance. And again, it's typical of that lot, as someone said to me immediately afterwards, he said, But but don't worry. As soon as they get another result, if incidentally they get another result this season, they'll all be over social media going, Great win. And uh an ex player said to me, You know, the problem with this lot is great win they always come out with this push after they've beaten a pub team you know and then they don't turn up when it matters it's, that's you know if you're a Rangers player you, you don't really celebrate beating hearts you don't really celebrate beating Motherwell you don't you know you celebrate when you beat Celtic because that's when it matters you don't celebrate pars basically you don't celebrate just doing enough but they do and like I say they, they want praise when they when they do anything Um, But they don't want criticism when it goes badly. And I think the fans are quite rightly just beyond pissed off now. And they've actually forced us through the stage of numbness. And credit to them because, you know, you get sort of angry. Then you get really angry. Then you go into almost numb. But they've pushed us through that into intense, deep anger. And I've got to be honest, this team is starting to resemble for me the the Ali Championship team not quite as bad but in terms of just guys I just do not want to see Ibrox anymore because they're fucking losers managed by a loser yep um,
0: intense anger or real unbridled anger was two weeks ago after the semi-final um, yesterday was to use my analogy or to use what actually happened going out for a walk and quietly seething for the rest of the evening, but doing it quite quietly um, in, in, in a kind of Michael Douglas falling down kind of way. Mm, exa- uh, that's
1: exactly the level of anger we had, Michael Douglas and falling down. And incidentally, to anyone who follows the gun debate in America, this is why it's good to live in a country you don't have easy access to firearms.
0: So following that, however... You know, you you, you used a phrase last night on on Patreon, David, uh, a a song lyric, and it's exactly right. And I'll let you outline the song lyric, lyric, Jesus, Uh, but it's exactly right. We're now at a stage whereby I don't recognise these guys as a Rangers team. This is Rangers, this is our club, these guys are not fit to wear this jersey. And it's got to change. And it has to change now. And I know it's it, it, we'll have probably a minority talking about knee jerk reactions, you know, etc. Not knee jerk. You know, but, you know, we'll have a minority talking about what's the point in changing it for the last three games. And the answer's simple have you seen that shit out there? Mm. And, you know, if, if Celtic win, and I. Uh, this, this might be scant consolation for folk, right? But if Celtic win the treble, Motherwell will don't make the UEFA Cup. The second qualifying round place instead gets passed to the, the team that comes second in the SPFL top flight. And the difference in that is is quite stark. It means starting your European season on the 26th of July rather than the 12th of July. And, you know, A lot of people jo- are busy that day. But indeed, staunch jokes aside, it gives you an extra two weeks to fucking prepare yourself. Mm. And we saw what happens last year when, all right, last year was starting, what was it, the 29th of June. Ludicrously early. But, you know, we're we're, we're we're finishing towards the end of May. I don't know about you, I would rather... Well, first and foremost, I'd rather the will win the Cup and actually it becomes a nil debate and it's the 12th of July. Fine. But if Celtic are to win the Cup, I would rather... I don't, know about, I don't know about everyone else. I would rather start the European campaign on the 26th of July if we had the choice.
1: No, I can't disagree at all with that. I think that's uh, self-evident. I think it, it, it's such an obvious thing that would be a benefit to us. Uh, I, the reason I think Marty should be announced as going is... Over and above any arguments of football, we need it. The fans need something. Uh, You might say we need a victim. I don't think it's so much a victim as that we need someone to carry the can for this. We need the fans, as fans, to get the message, this isn't acceptable, we feel your pain. Whereas allowing him to continue is a very, very visible reminder of where the standards are and a very visible reminder of what is acceptable Uh, the song lyric you referred to is uh, I hate you for making me start to hate you and it's exactly that it's it's exactly that that's what they're doing and that's how I feel at the moment Uh, I, I just feel that we need him to go to almost if you like unblock the pipes and just stop this logjam of emotion that is centering around him at the moment And God it's not going to do him any harm To, to send him away a few weeks early And I think that it, it might At least give the supporters A bit of positivity And take away As I say a negative focus In these last three matches And just allow us to concentrate on the matches For what they are Whereas having him there it, You cannot say It's clear that there's no relationship Between the players and addressing the them He couldn't have made it planer in his pre-match interview yesterday. So he's not there because he's doing anything that's needing done. He isn't. So why is he there? Well, I said a couple of weeks ago it might be uncharitable to say that he's there as a deflector for the, for the board. I can't see any other motivation as to why he remains in place.
0: No, I think um, we've said this a number of times over the past year, couple of years. Um, around... I'll do my usual disclaimer, David, around the board, saving, saving the day, etc. But how many footballing decisions are we going to get wrong? How many foo- footballing decisions are we going to delay? And on a sheer footballing level, and it's, it's it's no shock that Stuart Robertson was just about booed off the planet last night at the Player of the Year Awards, um, on what level is this, frankly, dereliction of duty on the board's part. On what level is it acceptable to keep him in the job? With three games to go, with half a million pounds at stake, that's the difference between second place and fourth place, and with potentially an extra two-week window in the European qualifiers at stake, on what level is that the right thing to do just to fucking save face?
1: Yeah, and that's all you can say at the moment. Now, there are some whispers that he might go this week, but until it happens, we, we obviously have to assume that he's in place. And one of the things with this Rangers board that I feel is that they feel if they can ride out the opening couple of days, they can kind of get on with it. So that's why I worry about that. You spoke there about the player of the year do Now, probably the first thing is you may have heard that there were... There was trouble at it, and that um, fans uh, were abusing players. And uh, uh, at one point, I saw that someone had uh, dropped a was it a flash, flash. a flashbang or something? And, and none of that happened. None of that happened. Uh, uh, Ian McCall, the founder's trail and his boy Stuart, who's a podder on Patreon for us, uh, they were there. None of this happened. Graham Morty was there. If anyone has has heard rumours that he wasn't, he was. Uh, now, I believe that maybe a few people who weren't attending came up and kind of shouted in the doors, but that was about the extent of it. When the players arrived, they were booed by the majority, not by everybody, but they were booed by, according to, to this report I got from those two, who are as honest as the days long. I don't believe for a second that they would that they would uh, make anything up. They, they were booed, uh, but it was a really bad atmosphere at the start, Stuart said it was really tense, however it, by the end it had <sighs> softened uh, and he said I wouldn't describe it as a good atmosphere but it, it was, you know tolerable by the end up. Uh, it obviously the alcohol I think softened stances uh, we did see the bizarre sight of people posting selfies they got with Graham Marty. I mean their photos that are going to be worth literally pennies uh, by now, never mind in the future and the announcement was made, now you, again you might also have seen a photograph that it was Dalcio and Cardoso uh, where the backdrop they weren't, it was a revolving backdrop and it contained pretty much all the first team squad so uh, that those are the sort out the rumours from the, it's, the it,
0: it, it's it's maybe just kind of almost comedic irony that it did centre on at the, at the time Cardoso, Halliday and Dalcio
1: Yeah, I mean, typical, but those weren't the three players that were chosen to be up on the stage. Now, the awards were given out. Alfredo Morelos, Young Player of the Year. James Tavernier got the uh, Players Player of the Year and John Gregg Award. And the Player of the Year was Daniel Kindeas. I'm going to steal a very good line from a chap on Twitter whose name I forget and I do apologise. He said, "Eh, Once again, in winning that award, Daniel Kindeas proves he's at his best when he's up against piss-poor opposition. (laughs) that did make me laugh somewhat sourly this morning I wouldn't disagree with the player of the year and the young player of the year in all honesty I think Candace has been overall with a disastrous game and we're in a bad mood but I'm not going to let that deflect that overall he's impressed me more weeks than he hasn't and Morelos for all the kind of issues with him and the fact that he is a bit streaky he is a good player and for his first year in Scotland I think he's done really well
0: you can't really argue with the awards, David. I mean, it's 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 the it's the whole, you know, two bald men fighting over the comb type routine. But you know, Candeus, yeah, he's been the player of the year. Uh, you've only got to look at his stats for that. Tavernier is well liked in the dressing room. We all know that. And Morelos, it, it was between him and Ross McCrory, and McCrory was out for half the year, so you know, Morelos almost wins it by default. You can't argue with it, but. You know, it's it's. I'd be interested to see the hullabaloo around the Ross County Play of the Year awards, for example. Um, and I'm fairly sure those guys will feel as much um, as much embarrassment as the guys last night should do.
1: Yeah, well, uh, again, according to to Stuart and Ian, they did look quite sheepish when receiving the awards, as they should. Um, just disastrous timing to have the awards uh, last night. But if you went along, you know, I understand why you would have given the money that it cost to go there if you'd paid for tickets. I, I do get that. But uh, I, I can imagine that people maybe weren't in the mood to to hear a lot. of wait, wait. Which,
0: which, just on that, you know, and I'll go back to, again, decision making at the club, uh, David, top to bottom, whose fucking idea was it to make it a Sunday night post-split when you don't actually know when the fixtures are going to land. You know they could have made it a Friday. They could have made it. They could have made it a whatever. But they have it a week after the split on a Sunday when we know that Celtic are ahead. It, it just it, it's it, it just smacks of unprofessionalism. I, you know I, these dates could have been put ago.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't uh, I don't get it myself. Why you wouldn't wait to the end of the season? Uh, or at least very close to the end of the season. I don't quite understand it, but there you go. It, it was it was done. It's in the history books. Uh, those are the winners. I don't think anyone will be looking back with much fondness on it. But uh, it's all all done and dusted now. And those who got selfies with Graham Ruddy, congratulations. I suppose it'll be collector's item uh, in a few years. But uh, yeah, interesting to. To say the least, but he definitely was one hundred percent at it. There was no flashbangs. There was nothing like that. Players weren't abused or jostled or spat at. So any of the rumours you've heard along those lines, it was. A- I, I
0: I would I would certainly agree with that. Uh, with that comment, it was it was definitely definitely fucking at it yesterday. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, you you're onto something there. Um, so, moving on, of course, speculation that Steven Gerrard uh, will become the manager continues. He was in Glasgow today for talks. Those talks were said to have gone very positively. One of the stories that broke over the weekend that uh, in terms of finance, everything was was agreed, but that there were three minor issues which needed resolved to do with authority of the manager. If those were resolved, the, the club were confident that he would agree to take the job. Um, Hoggy, whether or not you were 100% for Stephen Gerard, whether or not you have concerns, and I know I would say that there's a split in the fans. I don't think it's 50-50, and I'll go with a poll that was on followfollow.com, 4com Mark's website, that had it 70-30. I think there was uh, around about 2,000 people who voted, so it's a good sample. It's not a complete sample. FF isn't representative of the entire support, but it's uh, all we have at the moment and generally from people I speak to that's around about the I would estimate that it would be in that sort of figures as well but certainly a good consensus behind the appointment but whether or not you're for it or against it the board now have to deliver them because we can't take another public humiliation this one on a national scale rather than just a Scottish scale uh, which is what this will be if they don't deliver, Steven Gerrard. And as someone said to me, "Well, look, it's not their fault if you know he they they give him everything he wants and he says no, as might happen um, because he just doesn't feel it's for him. It's not their fault." And I'm like, "No, you're right, but the problem is, is they've made so many mistakes. And in fact, in just this area alone, it would be the second very public knockback inside six months, humiliating knockback inside six months." that they've made so many mistakes that we're past the stage, I think you can look at them in isolation now, um, they just get added to the charge sheet.
0: This is what happens when you publicly court someone and then you tell the press that he, it's it's almost done. What happened to, and I get that it's 2018, and I get that there's Twitter and social media and um all these bloody podcasts and there's bloggers and there's this and next thing. Um, but how hard is it to keep your fucking mouth shut, especially in the run up to an old firm game when no one's confident? I, I, I have, I don't know this for fact. David, in fact, it's only my opinion. I can only imagine that the Gerard stuff was leaked last week as a feel good factor. Um, Then after the the club again, sorry, sorry?
1: the club are claiming that it was leaked from down south. Um,
0: I'm going to take that with a copious pinch of salt, Uh, um, and I'm not going to call the club liars, but I don't think I believe them. Um, However, if you so publicly court someone like that, and we did it with McInnes, and McInnes. At the at the eleventh hour and the fifty ninth minute, decided not to bother for whatever reason. Um, if you, if that's happened once, and then we've taken such appalling ballings, that it's it's really 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 testing the support. If this doesn't if this doesn't come off, then where do you turn? You know, after this, are you going to turn to Alex Neal? Stevie Clark, fuck you could give Graham Murray the job full time. Who knows? Do that in September after you fuck up the next one. This, uh, and I guess the other thing that was alongside that is because I'm not sure I believe the club, and I'm, I'm I I would probably more believe that it was a club that, that that that's liking this stuff leaked out. It it actually puts the club in a ridiculous no win position as you've outlined. But also gives Gerard all the bargaining chips under the sun. You know, he he could he turns around now and says, "Actually, I'm going to add fifty percent to the transfer kitty, or I want an extra five grand a week, or whatever." The board almost can't say no. It's 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 almost the ridiculous position that Aberdeen find themselves in with Derek McInnes. Derek McInnes said no to the Huns, so by by default, Derek McInnes becomes the Aberdeen manager forever. Even though Aberdeen are going through a bit of a shitty period, they can't get rid of him. You know that that's how nonsensical it is. So it's it's the the board have to deliver this, otherwise, fuck knows when they come.
1: No, I think it would destroy credibility among a lot of people who are excited about it and I don't think that see this is the thing that I, I've tended to find the people who are against it in, in the main, in the main, not 100% tend to be older bears who you know, look at it a wee bit more detached and say well we need someone who's you know got more managerial experience, maybe not as big a name but someone who uh, will quietly get on and deliver what we need and I get that I absolutely do what I would say is that to maybe younger bears and uh guys who are excited and a wee bit seduced by the name. Um if the board build up their hopes and don't deliver, then wow, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for them to, to gain that credibility back and it's just uh, uh you know, we need a bit of good news. We need a bit of good news and, and the two obvious quick wins for the board are Point Gerard, Sack Marty, Um and certainly those are things I'll be hopeful of hearing this week because I think, as I say, we need it. Uh, the support needs something to hold on to. Uh, even going into these last three games, I think we need something to hold on to that says, no, there, there is at least hope, there is change coming. Um, and, and I think that we, as a support, have earned that, Hoggie. I think that we deserve it. We sell it every game, we go every week. Um, we've stuck by... Managers who clearly weren't up to it. We gave Pedro every fucking opportunity. We really did. We did it on here where we desperately wanted them to succeed. Um, we've we've given the boards, I think, an awful lot back and they're failing now. And if they don't step up and, and deliver something soon, then, you know, it, it, there comes a point where you pass the point of no return. Um, what even then, if you do make a good decision, the fans go well. We'll just fuck up the next one, and they're perilously close to that.
0: Oh, they're, they're uh, yeah, they're past that point. With some people, uh, perilously close. For I would say the more patient fans amongst us, um, got to get the Gerrard thing right. And if they don't get that right, they've got to sort it quickly so it's not dragging on to July. Uh, They've also got to sort the here now because there's, as uh, I pointed out earlier, there's half a million good reasons why and 14 days potentially, Grace, uh, 14 days reasons why to make a change this week and to attempt to get the usual managerial bounce that you see, maybe apart from Pardew at West Brom. You see it everywhere else. You actually saw it it with Murthy when he came in the door at first post-Pedro. You've got three games to go. We've got to go and win those three games and secure second place. It's as simple as that. Um, and if we don't get that, if, if, if we let this malaise continue, I fear we come fourth. Last year we came third and this is us trying to do better. I would argue, David, we are... Give, give me artistic, um, artistic rights for a second and call it a two-team league. I'd... Any would argue it's a one-team league, but let's call it a two-team league. Coming fourth or third in a two-team league is not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable under Alec McLeish final season. It's not acceptable now, so therefore the board have to act and act this week, long before Saturday comes.
1: No, I would absolutely agree with that. I don't think that... Anyone could could argue with that. That uh, there's there's no doubt they, they've gambled so often this season. The board they've, they gambled with Pedro, they gambled with McMurty, and they've lost. And for guys who are steady hands off the off the field, it's quite bizarre that Rangers have put themselves into this position so often, and it, it's it's very poor now. One of the good things, though, is that the uh, Rangers under-17 team uh, have done very well in the, the Glasgow Cup and uh, they, they've beaten our, our oldest rivals, shall we say. Um, but the thing that, that... First of all, congratulations to them. And there look to be... Um, before we came to record, I watched most of it. And there look to be some really good players in that team. And that's great to see. And, and hopefully we'll see them start to break through into side in a couple of years Um, 3-0 to the youngsters as we're recording this. Uh, Kai Kennedy just got the third. Now, the thing that surprised me is it was live on STV2, which is, you know, when you're a kind of poorer offshoot of STV, then, you know, the standards aren't that high. But their guest was Joe Miller. Now, the last time we'd seen Joe Miller, he was caught lying in the press about sectarian hatred in a match that didn't actually take place. What the fuck did have to do to get blacklisted from the media?
0: I really I really do hope that Joe Miller enjoyed Rangers Under-17s beating um, the Brazilian 1970 squad tonight. <laughs> uh, 62-43 on aggregate across three games. Uh, Joe, your input is legendary and most welcome um, I guess the other thing is I would urge the under-17s to check their wallets
1: Yeah, just don't leave your bag unattended That's all I would say to anyone in the Fur Hill area tonight But the other thing that, that it made me think about is Joe, it's just sunlight in your eyes They're not laser pens Just so you know uh, I just wanted to make you aware of that. Okay, folks, that is pretty much everything from us this week. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. And to admit that I made a boo boo last week where I gave the wrong email address, uh, sorry, website address for where you can go and buy Heart and Hand merchandise, including a very lovely new hoodie. Uh, I, uh, a few people got in touch and said, David, that didn't work. Uh, it's not heartandhand.com, it's Heart and Hand. .co.uk heart A-N-D hand not uh, ampersand .co.uk so my apologies I made a dick of it um, unless of course you want nice doovies. Yes, exactly. Please, please just go along and some uh, we've got now two two t-shirts and a hoodie. They're all very nice. This summer's must-have fashion accessory. So please pop along there and, uh, and and have a look. If you want to hear more from us, of course, the place to go to is Patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand, where we deliver. Usually three pods a day, sometimes four, but tons and tons of content. And if you've got holidays coming up um, for sitting on the beach and you want to just listen back to to some of the glory days, then that's the place to visit. Thank you very much to my guest tonight, Mr Ian Hogg. Um, Usually at this point, David, I say it's
0: been a privilege and a pleasure. I'm not entirely sure it's a pleasure. It's certainly been cathartic, so thank you. It's been a thing.
1: A little bit like this season. It, it's definitely been a season. It has existed. You can't argue with that, Hoggy. No,
0: um, I just hope it finishes the fuck soon.
1: <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening. If anything happens in the next couple of days, you know we'll have our regular daily updates on Patreon. But if anything happens immediately, then don't worry, we we'll have the breaking news up as soon as it happens. Thank you very very much for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with our preview pod for the Kelly game. Till then, take care. Bye.